1: Even watch out, another cop. Another one? Yeah, another one. Oh, huh, well, that's...
0: Yeah, well, today's not the day for that. On yeah. that note, though, I, I do want to give a big shout-out to uh, Officer Dixon for going out of her way to make sure that the uh, roads in Illinois south of Chicago are safe from yahoos like us, because apparently if you're closer than three car lengths to the car in front of you and you're doing within three above the speed limit uh it you get pulled over when you have maryland plates and your cover story is we work at a podcast we just did a show in iowa we're going to ohio to split up so he can go to connecticut and i can go to virginia because it doesn't sound suspicious at all
1: not no we're not drug runners
0: but on the upside she was cool about it she got a she had a actually not listened to a podcast didn't know what it was so got a chance to explain it to her and uh gave her the card and chit-chatted for a bit while she wrote our warning and uh let us off with uh just make sure you keep distance and don't speed and let us carry on about our way pretty fun trip absolutely
1: priceless <laughs> i thought it could go way worse she said she was a canine and i saw the little badges on the wings of her shirt and i was like well this is what dreams are made of i mean we're like the perfect picture for
0: a potential drug bust and we kind of ruined her day but who knows maybe we gained a listener if you're out there listening let us know we appreciate it officer
1: dixon (laughs) thank you Outdoor Drive Podcast. We are on our way home from the Iowa Deer Classic 2020. Uh, it's finally nice to be out of the dungeon. Um, it it was a great show, great turnout. Uh, it was the hospitality was fantastic. Met some really great people, and we'll get into that shortly. But I just want to first off, I want to start by thanking the people that we partner with here at the Outdoor Drive. Uh, let's start off with Northeaster game calls. Get them in close. Thank mark. you for standing by us. Mocky mock. Mark. And uh, next on the list would be uh, Ethics Archery. Big Hoss and Scott over at Ethics Archery. Thank you for partnering with us and dealing with our shenanigans and bullshit <laughs> as we try to kill things through season. I don't know. The are they putting
0: up with ours or are we putting up with.
1: Caution. Uh, it's kind of a two way road. It is. Have fun. A, I guess so. That is a two way road. Um, also. Adding to the list, uh, Wicked Twisted bowstrings, Jill up at Trader Jans, thank you. We appreciate it for uh, Jillifying our bows here in the near future. So we thank you for partnering with us. And trust me, we need it. Yeah, and also we are now partnered with Broadside Camo. That's right, gotta put a big thanks out. Scott, man, we had a good time with
0: you. And uh, what you're coming up with is unique. i I really look forward to dropping some of that information on uh, the listeners ears
1: yeah so now you guys have now listened to the broadside camo podcast and kind of know a little bit about the ascender series and the closer series so go and check them out get them for you they're free it saves for the pocket (laughs) winner wow they're banding up in there and everything there's deer everywhere so Honestly, I mean the show was was great it was a great show met tons of people um, We had a great time beer can alley with the WCB boys uh, hanging out Met a, a metric ton of people that you guys will probably see a lot of them on the show. Thanks to Steve Finnegan um, From the Iowa Deer Classic for allowing us to be inside of the dungeon um, I guess I guess we'll start with, Steve, What what is something that kind of, like, set apart this show from every other show for you?
0: There were a couple different things that really differentiated from other shows I've been to. One, um, you know, this family at the Iowa show is, it's close, it's tight. Uh, getting to hang out with the working class boys, catching up with them. Uh, the outdoor group, you know, Christian and Larry and uh, Philip Vanderpool, you know, We all got to just hang out. And it was just a good time. Uh, It wasn't near as crazy as Harrisburg. So the conversations, the joking, the the camp feel really was here. And you're constantly surrounded by, you know, world-class deer everywhere you turn. And that just, it really sets a good vibe for the show. You know, Harrisburg, it's about... Seeing some cool stuff, but it's about squeezing through lines and uh, Amish food. Yeah. This one was more about, you know, let's all hang out, have a good time. Show a little love back and forth. and I think the vibe is totally different with the people around also. Definitely. It's like where you're... I mean, people in Harrisburg are friendly. Like, very friendly. People... There's at, still New England people, though. Yeah. <laughs> people at this show were all just laid back relaxed wandering around having a good time no one was in a hurry you know there wasn't any
1: stress on their part um even the people in the general public like when we were going out and getting food and stuff i mean they oh yeah super friendly
0: good hospitality it it was different in a good way for sure but i mean i'd be happy if i could go around and horn hunt hunt deer and all of that the caliber of what they do well
1: we did try that (laughs) yeah we did that went to a dead end of nothing
0: well you know when you've got an hour of daylight left then you find the first applicable piece of uh wooded filled mix that you can potentially get into and you find out it's really just kind of like a maintenance ass or uh, entrance to a golf course and you only had about a hundred and some odd yards to walk before you couldn't go any further i mean what do you expect yes
1: yeah, no i you fuck you bitch there's no toll booth so uh anyway <laughs> the uh the the thing that kind of stood out most for me is is honestly the connections the love the brotherhood um we made a couple of I think key connections here at this show and and it always seems to be that you see the same people at every single show but you seem to connect with different people every single time and for me was honestly connecting with Scott Scott's a genuine dude man Scott is a one-man show and came from from virtually nothing man as he as he said in his podcast to now having something that is absolutely just evolutionizing it's unique it is truly unique um so it was very nice to meet scott work with scott and i'm really looking forward to the future with scott but also there was one one other connection that we had made here and it really kind of struck home with me is um the beer the beer <laughs> the buck fever uh film that was um cool and you guys will hear about this in the future and I don't wanna to get too in depth in it, but um, I'll give you a little run around. I, I want everyone to kinda of take their time out of their day and go and check these guys out on Facebook or Instagram. They are doing a GoFundMe to help out this project and this project is a, a very, very unique project and one that I feel will will, will help our industry and help the people um, that surround us day in and day out. And what this project is, is they're following the butcher buck, and if you guys don't know what the butcher buck is, man, go out and find out what the butcher buck is. Um, Mr. Butcher, Brian Butcher, I believe it's Brian, right? I'm almost positive it is, it may not be, but Mr. Butcher, by any means, we'll call it that, um, shot a buck of a lifetime, which is over, the, over 300 inches. Um, it's over 20 points and he shot this buck not even knowing that this buck existed. They had one pitcher in early season and was able to take this buck. Um, he had came in, his boss told him to go to the stand, so on and so forth. But anyways, he took this buck and there now, there's a film that's following him from start to finish and going through the prop and young uh, measuring and everything like that and everything that he's dealing with shooting a world-class whitetail. Uh, here in the United States. And they're, they're taking this film and they're putting it out to anti-hunters or uneducated hunters or uneducated people to the hunting industry. And it's something that we got to sit in on and we got interviewed um, to be part of this film. And this film is hoping to debut um, a trailer here in the next couple of weeks. So go out and check them out on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, It's buck underscore fever underscore films on Facebook and Instagram. And check them out. Uh, Follow this along. This is going to be something huge and huge for us in the industry. And they've kind of, when they started to dive into this, they started to realize that the shed hunters, the buying of antlers, um, what is buck fever? what drives people to go and be "quote unquote" trophy hunters and they're starting to realize that there really isn't trophy hunters in the whitetail world but the conservation side of it and finding um true true people that are passionate and love this outdoor sport. So ultimately what they're trying to do is
0: shed positive light on hunting for the outdoor industry just to really let people see that there's more to it than I want to go out and kill a giant deer and apparently there's a toll booth that doesn't exist
1: there's no toll booth
0: but uh that's (laughs) what their goal is is to help people understand why buck fever is so addictive to us as whitetail hunters and I mean the it's just a really cool concept that they're going down and i'm more than happy and proud to be supportive of
1: it and, and honestly the kind of, the funny to the funny thing of it is the uh two directors steve and greg are actually not hunters um yeah, Steve started off makers. Yeah, journalist. I mean, Steve's was a journalist.
0: Yeah, he was with the ODAs back in early Afghanistan with some of his first work. So he was embedded with Special Forces.
1: And so Steve was a prior hunter um, and hunted before, but those two are non-hunters, and they're working with somebody who is a hunter to build. This project. So there, there's both sides of it here, and they're actually portraying this in a very positive manner. Um, so go out and check them guys out, man. They, they really are good-hearted people, and they're really doing something huge for this industry, and they're really opening up the world for us. And, and spread honest. the word, you know that. The more support they get, the better this film's
0: going to be and the the more positive we can shed on the outdoor industry as a whole.
1: And let's be honest. I mean, like, me and Steven get to be honest. So, obviously, it's going to be the best film you've ever seen. (laughs) Duh i mean you hear our voices but not many of you get to see our faces so they may go the other way after that happens yeah this is very true <laughs> well i hey, let's take this back because they may see our voices up to this point but they're going to see plenty of our faces in this upcoming season and that is one of the goals that we are shedding um ah, get it shedding. <laughs> uh, i see what you did there <laughs> shedding the light on is uh is video so we're, you're going to see a lot more of us. We started to do a little bit of video. Um, as you guys may know by now, Is we did do a video with uh, Broadside Camo. So there is a tutorial through um, the new Ascender series of, of, of that. So really excited for that, man. The show has definitely been a great show. I'm very excited to, to have been there. And uh, we had a lot of fun. We truly did. Oh um, definitely. Saturday night was a little rough for myself. Um not, had, not in a party way, just just no, so we're clear. Just in just in real I'm I it was it was very tough because so uh, it's kinda stupid, but um I was taking Prilosec OTC which is like an antacid uh acid reflex um medication and it really had me all fucked up and I was like, had hot flashes, and I was all messed up, and then you're mixing it with beer, and greasy as as, f- food. Yeah, it, it fucked me up. So I sat out on the party on Saturday night, but Friday night was fun. We got to grab some food, went to Beer Can Alley, then we went to a bar named Outlaws, um, and if any of you guys haven't been to Des Moines, um, every single bar, for some reason, has like three levels.
0: Yeah, it was... It was unique. I'll give it that. It was. I've seen similar stuff in Colorado, but not every bar next door to each other doing the same thing, and it was wild.
1: And it's a, being a college town. I mean, there's just bodies everywhere, and we saw some really weird shit. We saw some cool <laughs> shit. We saw. I mean, it was just. It was a fun environment, man, and and, and, and it was really cool to be part of it. Um. Th- that was a great aspect of the show, but I mean, what honestly, what one th-
0: You know what? I was actually very proud of someone over that weekend and throughout the party night Friday and I mean the weekend in whole. is Austin Chandler made it the entire weekend and didn't have a single drink. He wanted to see if he could do it just to do it for health reasons and just for sheer will. I mean not that he has an issue with willpower, Uh, he just said he wanted to see if he could do it and he did. He pulled off the entire weekend without a single drink being around all of us knuckleheads that's not easy no so bid props Austin
1: yeah man congrats that's fucking a, a huge achievement man and, and that's, that's really the thing awesome. one thing I want to point out is
0: in this world this industry whether told here we go again no uh, fucking toll booth you, you don't have to drink to have fun with these guys I mean they take you in and they have a good time regardless so don't get it twisted that these guys all they do is drink and do shows that's not reality
1: there's a controlled madness to it i guess you could say yes um it's a great way to put it when it when it comes to this i mean business means business and yes we like to we like to indulge we like to have fun we like to enjoy ourselves we get a little crazy but there's there's control there's a lot of control to our madness um and and we watch out for one another we take care of one another we make sure that one another doesn't get out of control um and and we reprimand people that are within that that do do these kinds of things and um, or shun them out one one way or another um so I just want to make that very clear. When you hear us talking about trade shows and we're partying and this, that, and the other thing, there there is control to our madness. Um, Somebody is always watching out and taking care of everybody so that nothing bad happens to any of us or anybody gets out of control. But on on the flip side of that, Allison is a beast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She was the last person standing. With Eric. Yeah, with Eric. Eric was there too, uh, out of everyone on Saturday night um everyone else had to cut it in early and they held down the fort i mean mad props and if you haven't caught she's got some cool stuff coming out and uh you guys ought to check some of her latest articles
1: yeah for sure she just had what a pistol one come out right yeah
0: yeah Yeah. she had an article come out they really cool photo shoot um I'll be I'm, I'm looking forward to reading that one.
1: You know, one thing I was really jealous about the whole entire weekend, to be honest with you, Steven, was everyone got to go shed hunting. <laughs> I know. what that <laughs> A little, that little pissed. You we, we saw, uh, Caitlin and, uh... Uh... Caitlin who? Caitlin. Yeah, Caitlin. Oh, Caitlin. Yeah, you know Caitlin? Yeah. Oh, you don't know Caitlin? Hmm. Uh, I know Caitlin. Oh, you Does don't... Well, else know Caitlin? I don't... I'm not really sure if that's... So, anyway... <laughs> um...
0: <laughs> they were smart enough to
1: take a break and do some shed hunting and there was actually a couple of people uh lauren and her boyfriend got to get away oh and that deadhead was insane that was that was insane and it's and it's caitlin moss by the way just so you know yeah just so everybody else knows um she was actually a pa resident i met her in harrisburg a couple of years ago and she ended up moving out this way now um with her boyfriend and they went out shed hunting uh and they found some sheds i mean it seemed like everybody we talked to was like oh yeah we're we're gonna break away and go out shed hunting or we went shed hunting or and we're not just saying they
0: went out and found like one or two what they find 21 20, in one day i think it was she found one and then they found 23
1: the next day yeah because she was
0: pissed because she wasn't there for that day. yeah
1: so it's totally different for us when we hear these guys out shed hunting and it's. It, I'm great. I'm. I'm glad that I'm be going back home, but we're bringing the fucking rain with us, so it's going to be raining the next couple of days, which is always good for shed. Good for shed hunting. Yeah.
0: But just if it's going to do anything at this point in the year, I wish it snow and get it over with.
1: Yeah, for sure. You know something? Let's speak about sheds. Or the amount of fucking sheds upstairs in the Iowa oh, Deer oh, Classic, oh, oh. and the variation of them. I mean, they have a shed contest there, and there's just some absolutely magnificent um antlers up there um every shape size configuration i, I,
0: I I'm absolutely mind blown i mean fifty five inch six points just to put that into perspective one yeah. side that's just one side
1: of just three of the six and uh it's, it's insane. I can't believe it. The big eight-pointers, ten-pointers. There's all kinds of bucks. I mean, it was just wall-to-wall with just massive bucks. I don't think there was a buck in there that was under 100 and... I the didn't see it. The smallest one I saw
0: was a net score of 121. It was gross score of a buck 57, I believe, but its net was 121.
1: Was it in the typical category? Or yeah, that non-typical. was in the typical category. I couldn't believe the non-typical... The non-typical archery kills, 260, <laughs> 220, 250. I, I just, it was I was absolutely blown away. I mean, if you want to see some of these bucks, I've posted up a video on my personal Instagram, CT Trev, um, of some of them and, and I'll put some up on the outdoor drive uh, throughout throughout the time i'll throw them up on the story just so everyone can kind of check them out what about that buck when we were walking coming out at the end of the day
0: last night that had that growth out of its cheekbone had a horn growing out from underneath its eye
1: oh yeah i just i had posted that a couple of days ago now which would while the time you're hearing this but in podcast land was yesterday um the there was one that actually came out of the cheekbone, and what Steven's talking about, it's about an inch and a half, two inches, out of his. It's actually came out of his cheekbone, they thought that it was a pedicle that came down, but it was actually out and growing out of the cheekbone. And with talking to, or listening to, the guy who shot that deer, uh, he actually was saying that there is a couple of deer on his farm. Three, three. Steven's confirming yeah, here. Yep. Yeah. Um, they've
0: got three deer off that farm with the same genetic structure. They literally it looks like a hog's tooth coming out of the cheek right under the eye it's gnarly looking
1: he said that the year before the trail cam pictures he said it was over nine inches out of out of his eye Jeez. off the cheekbone and then it it actually deducted this past year um to be the inch and a half two inches that it actually was which is pretty incredible i mean i've never seen anything like it i know that this stuff kind of like you see like the the Unicorns, or the ones that are unicorn and on the same uh, pedicle as uh, as the regular horn, you know, which would make it like a, a s- split beam. You would call that, I guess. Yeah, it'd be a split beam. Um, but now this is coming out of the cheek. I don't even know what you call that. Do you call that like a split cheek? <laughs> I'm not really sure. I don't know what the word
0: for it would be. It's
1: I've no, never seen it. I, I, it was is incredible. I mean, every every thing you could possibly imagine about big bucks. It was was there and in that place look at all the Amish homes man oh yeah no look at the power. Amish wagons nice and clean no power the old style silos it's just incredible we're uh we're getting into western uh,
0: Ohio right uh we're just we're in Indiana I think they're almost to
1: Indiana oh no we just went through Elkhart did we yeah we did there oh, was uh, actually pay. now no, I'm, I'm saying just, that so that we are in india uh,
0: itself and we're talking so i'm yeah. <laughs> not even paying attention
1: to that <laughs> steven's driving this time Uh um, which is why we
0: got pulled over that is Ames. probably
1: why we got pulled over Tref, no because if Tref i, can I did, do 90 watch out there's here. another one <laughs> <laughs>
0: trev can literally do 90 through here and nobody cares i get behind the wheel for 20 miles and we get pulled over for following too closely
1: I think that they wanted us, like I said, man. They had canine and everything, but they they were solely mistaken. Um, (laughs) We are not those kind of people. But, no, it's definitely crazy to see, I mean, and to go back to the East Coast where we're from, and uh, we were talking about it a little bit earlier, about the variations of of the land. Um, Now we're coming into more of a hillier, uh, a little bit more hardwood type area with agricultural on top of it uh big ag flat fields a little mo- little bit more hilly than we were in illinois and iowa and you can just kind of see the difference as you start to go down um you know now once we get into uh eastern iowa and so on and so forth it's definitely going to get a little bit crazier i guess um, and then we get up even more, Pennsylvania is more, even more hilly with less agriculture. So it's cool to see the change and, and, and why the deer are what they are as you come across, across the country west. Definitely, man.
0: It, it really makes me want to contemplate not putting my Maryland and Pennsylvania time in this fall and jumping over to the Ohio side and giving that a shot just to get on some different terrain, hunt a little different way, and, you know, change that experience level.
1: You know, learn something new. I think it would be cool to definitely come out west and hunt. I mean, look at, dude, they got all kinds of old ladder stands and shit in the woods. It's cool to see. Um, I'm, after this weekend and, and sitting and talking to Mr. Chandler, Lord Chandler, as they call him, uh, Austin Chandler, the big buck king he is, Um I'm actually going to end up probably planning a trip with them in 2021. I am very I'm very set on it, I think. Well, no, and I if, I don't think I if, am if very set on it. If you're going to book
0: a hunt with someone, that's probably the guy. You know he's legit. You know he knows what he's talking about and he's not gonna put you on bullshit just to take your money.
1: And I think it's incredible that he's, he's now building a guide service uh, in Illinois and he's not doing it for the money, he's doing it for the experience to put his hunt- hunters on big bucks. Um, and he truly means it and he believes in it and he's someone that I trust and does very, very well. Um, in the deer woods. So if I'm going to come hunt west, that's who I'm going to come hunt with, honestly. Um, just to experience it and learn it from his perspective. And I think to see the versatility of, or to make myself more versatile from hunting I'm the west to the east. You. But it's definitely fucking crazy. There's no tollbooth. Um, <laughs> Jeff's going to have an aneurysm over this yeah, tollbooth thing. this is so stupid drives me nuts. Because what it's doing, and so I'll give you guys a little heads up on it, is every time we go to pass an exit, if we get off the exit, this stupid thing tells us that there's a toll booth. Yeah, okay, we get it. There's a fucking toll booth. But we're not getting off that exit, so what does it really matter? Does it matter?
0: I don't think it matters. It's just reading it, and that's what it's going
1: with. Let's see if this truck tries to be an idiot and cut us off. It's complete bad. bullshit. But... No, I'm I'm excited to get back home, honestly. I mean, in all the times and travels of going places and doing things and going to shows, it's always nice to just go home.
0: Yeah, I look forward to uh, relaxing, getting back to some clean food, Um, getting out on our own properties and see if we can pick up some bone now that everybody back home seems to be starting to find them. And... uh, getting back into a normal routine at least for another week or
1: two i know we were talking at (laughs) breakfast and and we were talking about how everybody out here is finding sheds and making piles of sheds and you talk to them and they're finding this shed and that shed and their friends are finding this shed that shed and then me and steven are like yeah when we get back home i can't wait because we're going to go shed hunting and i said yeah we're going back to east coast it's not the same just so you know (laughs) And there is going to be a lot of disappointment when you go back and start to shed hunt. Nah, man. No no disappointment there. We just don't get the numbers of 21, 25 sheds. Or the size. Yeah. Well, the size. Oh, my God. The size. (laughs) I can't even. Seems like the average size
0: over here, what people
1: were finding, is that of my best finds. It's insane. And it's funny is that, like, you lose the judgment, I think. And I'm glad that that the Iowa Deer Classic is when it is because if it was closer to deer season, Like a 130 would walk by me and be like, nah, that's a a year-and-a-half-old deer. We can't shoot that one (laughs) after seeing all the deer. It's it's something else, man. Was there anything at the show product-wise or booth-wise that kind of stood out to you? I don't know. We saw a lot of actually really cool stuff. Uh, The
0: 360 turkey decoy that really has some friggin' cool applications uh just to give movement to any decoy and of course all of the broadside camo stuff that was new it was unique uh top talking to the gobbler geek that was fun he, he has a really sweet sounding read and uh you know just watching him BS and tell us about his passion and why he does it that was it was interesting, and I'm I'm glad there are still people like that in the industry who do it themselves in their basement out of pure passion, not driven as a business. So, you know, there is still hope for the everyday guy to enjoy the outdoors, and we saw a lot of that there. How about you? what What was your favorite?
1: I mean, it was really cool to see... Honestly, one thing that sticks out right off the bat is uh, Johnny Utah and <laughs> having his own booth and selling his hats and his, you know, his bourbon, the new uh, logo. bourbon barrel calls. Yeah, the new logo. Uh, he's got a grunt tube out too. So he's really doing it, man, and digging in deep. And it's cool to see him and, and watch him grow throughout his adventures. And he's got a ton of hunts this year. So it was cool to see him and, and, and see his booth. Um a couple other booths that kind of stood out for me was there was a lot more women driven booths, um and what i mean by that is there there's a lot more you know uh the rack booth the the for uh women's uh breast cancer they will raise awareness like i love my rack or whatever that one is um there was the camo one where they have the zip off, butt for the women's camo, right. uh, that was there. Um, and there was a couple more, I didn't really swing by but they had more women, a lot of women owned business too. Uh, yeah. A lot of women owned businesses actually. So it's good to see in the hunting industry, especially with, you know, the drive to try and get more people involved in the industry with the dying rate of outdoorsmen. Um, when you have a woman hunter, it, it grows because the children after her follow in her footsteps. And she's also more apt to get more people involved because she is a woman's hunter. Right. Um, so that's huge for this industry. And it's really cool to see that there is women. Uh, businesses out there and they're doing that and they're moving forward and getting more women involved because if they get the women involved then the husbands get to be more involved right that's right so i'm not i'm not against this i think it's a great thing and girls keep doing what you're doing because it definitely uh it definitely helps out our industry
0: and husbands don't be ashamed when your wife kills everything bigger than you because that gives you an excuse to have to be out more to try to catch up at least in their minds so, and, and I say that from experience, I've still yet to even compare turkey sizes to that of my wife's. So, good and, excuse. And not even that, but you can get more mounts in the house. You're right. You're right. You know, I've got tail fans, she's got full mounts, and I can't get a full mount until it's something more unique or bigger. So, you know, the bigger she gets, the bigger I get, you know, it just makes it funner.
1: <laughs> That's... That is it. So 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 your wife hunts with you a ton. Oh yeah. Spends she, a lot of time. She's my hunt partner. That's uh, incredible. Our anniversary always falls
0: on opening week of turkey season. So we tend to spend our anniversary turkey hunting. And I mean, you can't ask for much more than a wife who wants to spend their anniversary out in the woods hunting. Uh, she's also a die-hard bow hunter. Um, she's had a lot of great luck with deer. Uh, she had a rough season this year with the bow and deer, just due to fluke cir- circumstances over and over. You said do Yeah. Doodoo. Sorry. <laughs> You're good, man. But, uh, yeah, she is very supportive of all of this, of everything we do, of us being in the woods, of us getting the word out. Uh, she's very uh supportive in the background workings you know some of the social media stuff Uh, i mean she's got her foot behind us in the matter of supporting us and if we screw up then the foot comes up and kicks us in the ass so you know and your wife much the same you know she's the boss so
1: it's it's in and, and, and I guess where I'm trying to go with this honestly man it is just the the importance of having the balance and the love and the support the support behind you if it's not there there's no point in us doing what we do every single day um behind every great hunter is an even better wife I love when you said that you said that th- this weekend and I, I I really truly took that yeah and that was to uh uh, who was it uh, the, uh, the the hush, hush covers. covers crew the
0: guy had an idea and guess who built it his wife and I pointed that out to him I said every every successful hunter there's always a, a great wife behind him
1: and 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 going along with that I mean like there wouldn't I wouldn't be part of any podcast if it wasn't for my wife um she stands behind me and my stupid adventures wherever they decide to take me whether it's the beetle shed or it's the podcast traveling or it's hunting here or hunting there i bet you she looks at me and goes what in the fucking world are we doing you're driving <laughs> halfway across the country to go and hang out with your friends or you're going here to go hunting, or you have this imagination of doing this or doing that, but being so supportive. And my wife isn't a hunter. Um, she, has, she has yet to hunt. She has her own bow. She shoots. Uh, she target shoots with us. She will be three, 3D shooting with us this season. Um, She's been out bow fishing with me. Uh, She spent endless hours on the boat in the rain. I was gonna say, Um, I hear she's also a better fisherman than you. She is, she spends a (laughs) lot of time fishing with me. Um, I don't get to fish, so she's actually the one filling the freezer for us uh, for the winter. So throughout the summer, she's constantly bottom fishing on the boat that I work on um, to fill the freezer, because I very rarely get time to fish during the day. I only fish at night, um, and more of that, that's trophy fishing. Um, so she bottom fishes, catching black sea bass, flukes so on and so forth. But I guess the moral of all this is, um, get your wife involved. Um, get your significant other, your girlfriend, friends that are girls involved in the sport, bring them out shed hunting, bring them out scouting, bring them out 3d hunting. Um, your good friend, Andrew was here and visited us this weekend. Yeah. And in conversation, he wanted to go to the tack in Arizona this week this was it Arizona? No, no he was one to go to the uh Colorado. The Colorado, Colorado tech. tech. Um and his wife said, Well, no, you can't go because I don't have a bow and not able to shoot. So lucky for him, now she'll be getting involved and shooting and it sounds like she's been to these events before and been three D shooting or shooting with Andrew and now wants to get involved. So
0: and as soon as we sent her over the picture of that nice pretty pearl teal elite ember you know we got her mind really spinning so maybe in a few months here we'll have uh two new members of uh team
1: elite so to join the elite family shameless shout out yeah (laughs) (laughs) it was good to see christian um oh definitely it was cool to see the whole elite crew larry mag phil vanderpool ryan hauser um and, and their whole family there. It was cool to stop in, say hello, shake hands, uh, exchange some hugs, oh, talk just, to them. They're just good, down home, salt of the earth people. You know, you say, take say care say of that them. For yourself. They take care of you. Christian was busting my balls. Well, I <laughs> he think... told me I couldn't be in the booth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he made Speak he you yourself. you step
0: outside the line.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I
0: shoot fucking elite forever.
1: Oh yeah. That, that was quite fun. And, and, that, and that's what it is, man. The camaraderie of the shows. Um, it, it's really important because if it wasn't for that, it wouldn't keep me coming back for more. Oh, absolutely, um, man. And I think even, even not being in the industry, just being um, a spectator of it, um, there's still that same feel every single day when you walk into one of those shows um because a lot of people don't know who we are when we go to those shows and they still treat you like you're a friend like you're family to them
0: Yeah, nobody looks down on anybody it's not a you know you're a celebrity and i'm everyday joe it's just everybody's an everyday joe they just have a particular piece and part in what they do so you don't have that celebrity feel when you're hanging out talking to these guys because they are just everyday hunters Everyday work people. I mean, nobody at that show, we tried to name them off. Nobody we knew at that show strictly did that with exclusion to very few. Everyone else works a regular job. They have a nine to five per se. You know, this outdoor stuff is nothing but a side gig for
1: everybody in there. Just an enjoyment of it, and they do it because they want to do it. It was, I, when, and having the conversation with Gene Miller. Um, was definitely kind of one of those things where it put into a huge perspective um, that everybody does this because they love it. Um, they do it because they want to do it. And that it doesn't matter your creed, your uh, financial ability, everybody has a common ground to talk. Um, and everybody gets along very, very well. Um, it's like putting two veterans in the same room together. <laughs> I warned you about as, putting. As, me as you and would Jean know together. that, right? Exactly, and and that's and and a lot of you guys are veterans, and you know what happens when you put two veterans in the same room talking. It's the same as putting two outdoorsmen in the same room. There's a lot of common ground, and you can really cover a lot of ground together talking. Oh yeah, yeah. And, we could have gone on for hours. Oh my God! Come on, you <laughs> kidding me? For sure.
0: Yeah, Gene's a cool, man. one, his story is amazing, and the recent developments in his story is even cooler, so hopefully he gets a chance to put that out, but that's not my place to say, it's just, the story continues and it keeps getting better.
1: And, and I'll tell you this, is is I had the chance to spend a long weekend last year with Gene, um, we came into Illinois to go to the WCB shoot, and he offered up his home. And when he found out that we were coming back out for the shoot this year, he said, do you need a place to stay? That was the first words out of his mouth. Um, So that goes to show, man, you get deep into some of these families and reach out to some of these people, and they really are friends and family. Um, I've learned this over the past couple of years of really diving deep into this is don't be afraid to reach out man some of my best friends have come from this and people that i talk to daily um one of them is my man bones eric smith bone on top of the hill he calls In a patch he... of grass oh you saw an actual
0: antler yeah sitting right on top of that what? little mound and we didn't stop yeah uh, that's a little too far into their private property Jesus, that <laughs> and there like... was a cop right
1: back there on the side oh. of the road well, so, <laughs> the, uh, the Eric Smith, man, reaches out to me regularly. Just to say what's up, Matt Wilts, um, Reinhardt, uh, Drew Walter. Uh, the, the, the list goes on endless, honestly. I mean, I'm sorry if I didn't say your name, but there's a list of guys that I talk to regularly that are hunters. And it's just cool, man. I surround my life around it. And, and there is a lot of really great people out there and you see this as you travel and get to meet everybody. So, I mean, fuck, I met this guy. Yeah, somehow we ended up
0: through all of this in the same car driving across the country making shenanigans as we go.
1: Yeah, and that's what it is, fucking shenanigans. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And, and I... <laughs> hey, just a, just a huge shout-out from my man, Chad... i know that you're going to kill stag soon and i we put out on our drive down a 30 minute show and i get a text message from him from chadzilla bro you had an 18 hour ride and it was only a 30 minute episode (laughs) so you get that 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 too which is fucking awesome man it's cool that that you can get your balls busted constantly by good friends that you've met throughout this ryan davis that dude texts me every friday Uh, (laughs) he's just the fucking man dude and you know i steven i johnny simonetti you talk to him regularly oh yeah me and johnny i mean we were talking this morning he called us at
0: midnight the other night sorry saw white in the field Uh, Called us at midnight the other night, uh, hoping to catch us all out, hanging out and bullshit, and he just happened to catch us on the night that none of us could hang any longer, so we were all back in the room. But, uh, yeah, greatest hype man there is, and an even better friend. The guy will give you the shirt off his back, and we'll do anything for you, so johnny we
1: appreciate you big time and uh, we'll definitely be seeing you in april and and i mean the only reason i went down this rabbit hole honestly is just just to thank the people that have stood behind us throughout this whole entire adventure it hasn't been very long but these are the people that 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 make us continue to do what the fuck we're doing um and 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 drive us to do these things man is those friendships those friendships mean that nearest and dearest to our hearts as we travel around and they're always fucking oh man you're at Iowa oh you're at Ohio oh you're here you're out there you know just totally just fucking awesome and and it's just cool to feel the love man and and if it wasn't for guys like you we probably wouldn't be doing this Definitely, I would have gave up a long fucking time ago I, I think the applicable way to
0: say it is that everyone out there gives us or even better gifts the drive in the outdoor drive
1: Oh for sure I mean and following their stories man that shit is the coolest for me man like throughout the hunting season to watch all these guys completely be 100% successful and I think that a lot of them get more excited for me or us than they than we do for ourselves. Yeah, which is almost weird. And vice versa. I get wicked excited watching these guys fucking be completely and utterly successful. I am so looking forward to turkey season and watching these guys kill fucking gobblers. Oh yeah. Um, and and watching it, man. And well, I, man, I really- A lot of it's coming
0: out is, a lot of guys just from, not just us, but other shows, other friends, other connections made through these shows, they're gonna go out and they're all trying new things this year that's
1: what makes it exciting and that's the other thing i mean that's a valid valid point is that with all these connections of all these people throughout the podcast world or social media we are constantly doing things to push people to go out of the norm and push their limits and try different things say decap a bird say do it with a bow over a gun um I mean, a million and one different things. Try different products, do this, do that, and it's all just because of the power of the people. Definitely. And that's huge, in my opinion. No, it is.
0: I mean, once you don't get better until you leave your comfort zone. Like, in deer hunting, per se, there may be that one stand that I had a really good hunt out of one year, but if I just go to that stand every time I hunt, the chances of repeating that are significantly lower. But if I get out of my comfort zone and I go try something different, somewhere new, a new tactic, a new setup, you know, just to change the approach till you're just outside of that verge of your comfort zone, you'll be amazed at how much better your odds increase. And as soon as that light bulb goes off, it becomes a rabbit hole.
1: I think there was a big talk too um, when we were actually at the Out on the Limb booth with Matt Garris and um, and our buddy from uh, Backwoods Mobile Gear, Mike, um, about going going above and beyond to to go out of the norm um, as it comes to mobile hunting, uh, Matt was talking about being able to he hunts in Oklahoma and being able to hunt on his private land and hunt over uh, bait. And he wanted to obviously spend more time going the mobile route and going above and beyond and out of his comfort zone um, to go and do those things. And Mike was the same way, doing water access, going on this private land or this public land and going further than everybody else, going three miles in, or going over that next knoll, over that next creek, and really pushing yourself to go above and beyond past your limits. Um, And you see a lot of people that are very, very, very successful in killing the biggest deer of their lives by going above and beyond and past their limits, and that's huge um because everybody is so set in going to that one stand that somebody shot a deer in 25 years ago so that's a stand that you have to go to and they sit there morning noon and night and it doesn't i feel is that yeah that might actually work sometime but it doesn't those deer may be changing their feed they may be changing their bedding something might have changed in the past couple of years where them deer aren't using that area so my thing is like if I set a set and I'm not seeing movement or I'm not seeing a lot of deer action I go and move myself to somewhere else and find that fresh sign you you take that thought like this stand we're passing right now for instance
0: which probably will never need move because it looks like it's a wonderful place that i wish i could hunt but uh 10 years of growth in a wooded area may change everything about the ecosystem you know it may be great when that undergrowth is low it's soft it's brittle the deer can get on it but as those woody stems get harder and a little taller, and it becomes a lot thicker, they're going to move out and find something a little more palatable. They may not come back through there unless they're spooked out of wherever they are now. So those are things you got to take into consideration wherever you're hunting. Is You hunt the same tree for 20 years, and if you're not out there maintaining it, it's going to change, which is going to change the deer's pattern.
1: And that's 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 truly true. Um, you see it a lot with a lot of the guys, especially non-mobile hunters that go to that one ladder stand and they just, they they stick in that one area, that one property when those deer could be moving just over the ridge and they change constantly. I mean, I see it tremendously on a lot of my private lands that like uh, from year to year that the paths tend to move or whatever, and that might be because somebody moved into the house down road and has dogs. Or, I see it on a different level than a lot of people obviously do. Um, you almost get to watch it on a micro, micro scale.
0: Because everything is so condensed and defined where you are. Just such a subtle change, you'll see the influence.
1: Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Somebody moves into a neighborhood um, on some of the private property and they have a dog or they have kids that are in the backyard or you know, there might be a two-acre parcel that those deer are running through. Now they're going even further, and it's changing their trail just a couple hundred yards out of where they were before. Um, so it's kind of crazy. And then you can see that, uh, like you're saying, on a micro scale, and I can see how that works on in an area that's um, where the food source changes on a bigger scheme um, and does the same exact thing. So it's definitely crazy. So I, I would recommend becoming more mobile um and i think that's why the mobile game has kind of like picked up um a lot of guys are saddle hunting or they're going with mobile uh hang-ons like lone wolf lone wolf custom gear xop out on the limb um it's just they're, they're trying to get more mobile because i think a lot more people are starting to realize it and as as it goes on that's what happens bro i gotta ask one question what's up We've passed, like, fucking five dead muskrats on the side of the road. I've been watching that. (laughs) Have you realized that? Yeah. And I haven't seen any place where a fucking muskrat would live.
0: Irrigation holes, man. All these properties out here that have irrigation,
1: they'll run up and down those lines. That's crazy to me. I mean, where else are they going to hang out? I have no idea, but there's just been dead ones everywhere. (laughs) Not what I expected at all. Well, It makes me actually wonder... uh, what the the muskrat trapping game's like around here fucking insane Midwest trapping <laughs> is insane so um Greg Staggs would tell you about that gotcha he, he fucking kills him told um, oh she was correct this time whoa whoa toll booth Let's see what the damage is on this one who the hell knows it can't be any more than ten bucks Yep. <laughs> I know that Jesus, driving across country
0: sucks. (laughs) Toll roads suck. They're great because they get you there a little smoother,
1: but... A little bit? Who the hell wants to stop for tolls? So, trapping is another thing, man, and I'm definitely... It's something that I grew up doing. Or not grew up, but I did it in my younger age. Um, I really, truly, honestly enjoy it, and... uh, I think that we're definitely going to dive into trapping. Definitely. Um, full-fledged. I had talked to Greg about potentially doing an episode. I have somebody else up my sleeve that I definitely want to get on the podcast um, for the trapping aspect and kind of break that down because I bet you there's a lot of outdoorsmen out there that uh, you know follow along that may be very interested in trapping. Um, it's another... It's another avenue to stay alert of your surroundings. And what I mean by that is there's there's a lot of... So you think it's hard to pinch a deer or find out where a deer is traveling and what type of corridor in this pinch point, this saddle, um, moving here, moving there. Well, you want to become a really good sportsman is try and get a coyote to step in a one-by-one one square. And that—that that is the hardest thing that you will ever do. Or get a muskrat to swim through a one by one square. Or kill a beaver in a three by three square. Um, that really makes you a true sportsman in my eyes, because it's probably one of the hardest things you'll. Uh, I mean that's my personal opinion. I, mean, it's um, I one think a the lot most of people. Primitive methods. And, and you and and you'll learn a lot about the land when you're trapping. You'll really pay attention to a lot more than you ever paid paid attention to ever before. They literally just closed the fucking lane that we are in. Yeah, well I guess they're gonna have to let us through. Do they clean it up as we go? Like <laughs> they do ain't we had a choice or I'm running a barrier. <laughs> that's fucking bullshit. That's not cool at all. How the fuck do you close a lane? I don't know. But they did. Oh my god. Hey, it is what it is.
0: What I, else, I what else assume,
1: are you gonna do? I, I would
0: assume they're gonna clear it out. We'll just have to see how this goes.
1: Yeah. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> this is our adventures. This is this <laughs> is this is what we fucking deal with, man.
0: Something new every hundred
1: miles. I totally agree. So I guess, I guess, I it was a pretty successful trip to Iowa, man. Yeah, it was fun. We're halfway home. We got four hours till we reach Ohio to drop you off, and then we each have another eight hours home. Yep. So we have a lot of drive time ahead of us, but we just want to check in and kind of give you guys a little, um, little, little filler and add some closure to the outdoor drive podcast. Um, but we're paying a fucking. Oh, okay. So they are gonna let us pay for it.
0: Well, they ain't got much choice. Um,
1: We just wanted to give a little bit of a a closure to the outdoor um, classic in Iowa. Don't mind the noise. Yeah, it's a little crazy here. Man. Oh, cool. All right, back on the road and out of the fucking toll. Fuck the change can you get it out I'm trying to get the receipt ah well whatever it is what it is so all right it, it was a complete success we had a blast and well, we want to th- they
0: give you change and whatever the hell that is
1: oh that's a fucking um sacajawea or whatever that is there right yeah, the one dollar I mean. oh yeah i guess it is yeah it is yeah, it's okay. what that is that golden coin yeah fuck it so anyways But Iowa Deer Classic was a complete cess, man. The hospitality was absolutely phenomenal. We had fun, we enjoyed ourselves, we indulged, and we can't thank everybody else who was there.
0: I mean, that's pretty much it. It was a good time, it was a good ride, and we appreciate you guys all taking it right here on the Outdoor Drive.